0: Welcome to this podcast from Riverside Church Whitstable. We hope you find it helpful and encouraging. If you would like to find out more information about us, why not check out our website at riversideuk.org, Facebook page, or follow us on Twitter at Whit riverside. We're going to be continuing our Advent uh, series this morning, looking in particular at Expectation. And it's a funny time right now, isn't it? Christmas is getting close. We're getting close to the time where we'd normally be so, so, so excited, building up for Christmas, but there's a bit of an elephant in the room. New COVID restrictions announced this week. It's sad to look out on everyone to be in masks. It was such a relief when everyone was no longer in the mask and you can see smiling faces looking back at you when you were talking from the front. But these new COVID restrictions, questions of what is Christmas going to look like this year? And for so many of us, last year was a genuinely really, really difficult time. Last Christmas for so many of us was truly, truly difficult. The build up and the anticipation of Christmas, of seeing family maybe, or celebrating together was cut short as we ended up going into lockdown just a few days before this five-day period. Do you remember that? We were going to have like five days where they were like, no, rules apply. Um, And then that was kind of cut short just a few days before that. And we had this excitement. We had this expectation. We had these ideas of what Christmas was going to look like. We were getting excited about it. And then we went into lockdown. And I don't know about you, but for me... Last year's disappointment has almost made me slightly cautious about expecting anything this year. Last year's disappointment has almost made me not want to get too excited about celebrating Christmas this year. I almost don't want to get too excited because I don't want the disappointment that I experienced last year. I don't know if that is something that all of you guys are feeling as well. So it's funny, isn't it? Looking at expectation? this Advent. I mean, that's what Advent is all about. Advent is all about anticipation and expectation of the coming of Jesus. But this year, for me anyway, it feels like there's a slightly different approach to it. For me, when I hear the word expectation, it almost holds a slight different meaning. For me, when I hear the word expectation this year, the first thing that comes into my mind is that with expectation comes doubt. What negative approach, I know. And don't worry, we are going to get slightly uh, jollier as we look at this together. But it's true, isn't it? Expectation is a belief that something is going to happen. Expectation is a belief that something's going to happen. But by definition, expectation is not certainty. And for me at the moment, I'm longing for certainty. I'm longing for certainty. I'm longing for certainty about what Christmas is going to look like this year. I'm longing for certainty about what 2022 is going to look like. I'm longing for certainty of the things that are ahead of me. I want to know, I want to be certain of what's ahead of me. I remember one year as a child, I was filled with expectation, excitement, anticipation one particular Christmas morning. I woke up at 7 a.m., ran down to the lounge, and I saw that Santa had come. Great news. Santa had come, and there were a few things that I really wanted this year. I really wanted a new PlayStation game, FIFA. I really wanted... Tickets to go watch Bournemouth play football the next day. The Boxing Day match, I really wanted to get tickets to that. And I really wanted a new magic trick. So here I was, getting all excited at 7am in the morning. Santa has come, maybe I'm going to get some of these presents. But in my family, you could never open your presents without everyone around. In my family, it had to be one at a time. We would go around and open one present. So there was so much waiting. You couldn't just go and rip up all your presents and see what you've got and get all excited. But there was this anticipation of waiting before you opened your present. But it was even worse this year because it was 7 a.m. And none of my sisters, my two elder sisters, neither of them were awake yet. They were getting to that age where Christmas morning wasn't quite as exciting as it was for me. So at 7 a.m. I waited and I waited And I waited, and a whole three minutes had passed. So I thought, I can go now and wake up my sisters. So I ran upstairs, I went into the room, woke up my sisters, woke up my parents. Guys, can we go downstairs to the lounge? I really want to open my presents. So we went downstairs. They said, yeah, of course. We went downstairs, went into the lounge. And I walked past the first stocking, my eldest sister's, and it was full. And then I walked past my middle sister's stocking, and it was full. And then I got to my stocking, and it was full, but nothing was wrapped. And this is a genuine, true story. I'm not just making this up. Nothing was wrapped. In my stocking was just a load of Coke bottles, bottles of Coke. And don't get me wrong, I love Coke. I always have, always will. But I was slightly disappointed. The spoiled little boy that I was was disappointed that in my stocking was going to be no FIFA, was going to be no tickets to go watch Bournemouth play, was going to be no new magic trick because my stocking was just full of bottles of Coke. The spoiled boy that I was couldn't comprehend the fact that none of my presents in my Christmas list were in my stocking. And to be fair... I'm genuinely quite impressed, looking back now, that my parents uh, taught me a lesson on Christmas morning. What a risky thing to do. (laughs) Taught me a lesson not to expect too much, not to be too spoiled. But the expectations that I had for these presents, the expectations that I had for that Christmas morning, the expectations I had for opening up my stocking was nowhere near with the reality to what actually happened happened. As a result, the next year, I was forced to dampen my expectations, but I did learn that my expectations doesn't necessarily mean reality. My expectations doesn't necessarily mean reality. I love how sentimental Christmas can be, how many of us have such great memories of Christmases gone by. And because of this, and I know it's definitely true of me, we can often have these unrealistic expectations when it comes to Christmas. Because we picture these past Christmases and we only remember the sweet bits. We only remember the cute bits. We only remember the bits that make you smile and feel all Christmassy. And I have some of those memories. One of my favorite memories, one of my favorite memories growing up, and each year I got as excited as I did the year before, was to put up the Christmas tree with my mum. And we always did this. This is my memory, is us doing this whilst listening to Michael Bublé, his sweet, sweet tones, and eating these hot, crispy sausage rolls. I loved it. Every single year, I'd start talking to my mum in about November. When are we going to put up the Christmas tree? I can't wait to spend a day with you putting up the Christmas tree. Won't it be Amazing. Every single year, I had this idealistic picture of finding the perfect Christmas tree and putting it into the perfect space in the lounge with hot, crispy sausage rolls waiting for me whilst listening to these sweet tones that Michael Buble always produces. Well, it's the same album, isn't it? But always produces at Christmas. And then we'll hang the decorations on the tree by the fire. Sounds great, right? The problem is, when the day actually came around there was a bit of a gap between my expectations and the reality. For some reason, the perfect Christmas tree was nowhere to be seen. And then once we found it, it was actually quite heavy. We had to get it in the car, and it hardly ever fit in the car. And by the time we settled on it and got home with this big old Christmas tree, for some reason, these hot crispy sausage rolls weren't waiting for me. Those hot crispy sausage rolls had to be made... And I genuinely found that fairly boring. And let's be honest, I left my mum to make them as I went away and then came back an hour later ready to eat the sausage rolls. And then by the time we were hanging the decorations on the Christmas tree, it felt a bit tiring. It felt like a bit of a slog after doing everything else. And then comes the worst realisation. Michael Buble's sweet, sweet, sweet tones can get slightly annoying by the time of the third song. <laughs> I had these high expectations, but then again, there was the gap between that and the reality. This week, Emma and I had the young people over to watch a Christmas film, and we were chatting about Christmas, and one of the young people said to me, the best thing about Christmas is the build-up. The best thing about Christmas is the build-up, and... I think possibly I agree with them. There's, in this build-up part, the anticipation, the expectation, the excitement that comes is great. And that's not to say I don't love the actual Christmas celebrations. You'd struggle to find many people who love it more than I do. But There is always a gap between the expectation and the reality, and the expectation, the anticipation, the excitement is almost what makes the celebrating of Christmas so fun because we have all these uh, emotions, all this excitement, all this anticipation. And equally, there's been Christmases where my expectations were exceeded, surprises that I didn't see coming on Christmas Day, company that... I didn't expect to be great fun, but they were actually on top form. Food that was even better than I remembered. The only thing I've never had is a Christmas day where everything I expected happened exactly. The only thing I've never had is a Christmas day that was the exact same as the year before. And to be honest, that's quite a good thing for me because I I don't have a great imagination. So Christmas would get very boring if it was only what I imagined it to be each year. And it would get boring if it looked the exact same as it did the previous year. See, the story of Advent is a story full of expectation. Whether you're reading the story from the book of Matthew or the book of Luke, it only differs in that it approaches this expectation from a different point of view. This morning, I want to look at how the book of Matthew tells the story of the birth of Jesus. But interestingly, this account, this account in Matthew approaches the birth story from the perspective of Joseph. Joseph. Joseph, who sometimes seems to be quite a background figure in our nativity plays. Joseph, who doesn't normally get any lines in these plays. And to be honest, at no point in the book of Matthew is there anything recorded that's actually spoken by Joseph. But we see in this uh, perspective, in this perspective of the birth story, a man whose expectations were changing throughout A man whose advent was full of changing expectations, of feeling let down, of chaos, of anticipation and expectation that sometimes didn't live up to what he was hoping for. And we see a man who's having to constantly alter his expectations, whose reality looked slightly different. So let's read this passage together, starting at Matthew 1 verse 18. So if you have your Bibles with you, why don't you turn with me to Matthew 1, verse 18. It is going to be on the screen behind me as well. It says this, this is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Jesus. See, as we read this perspective, as we read this passage, right from the off, we see Joseph having to respond to a bombshell. Joseph having to respond to this bombshell that Mary was pregnant. Joseph, who was preparing to get married to Mary, finds out that Mary is pregnant and it clearly wasn't anything to do with him. So it's a proper bombshell moment. And a bit of a side note, if, if you read this and, and got a bit confused, where are Mary and Joseph at in their relationship? It almost seems to contradict itself if you're looking at it from today's terms. Um, engagement uh, 2,000 years ago looked slightly different from what it looks like now. Basically, there were three steps to getting married. Step one was engagement, which was normally arranged by parents when they were very young. Step two is betrothal, which was the legal and binding uh, documents resulting in the couple being known as husband and wife. And they'd be in this space for about a year before they have a ceremony which ends in them living together, which is step three, the ceremony, and then moving in together. So Mary and Joseph were on the second step of this. They were betrothed, which means they were known in their community as husband and wife. They were preparing for marriage whilst having the legal side already done. And I'm almost certain that when Mary and Joseph were doing their HTB marriage course, Mary being pregnant during this time would not have been something that came up. How do you deal with this? How do you deal with this news? So Joseph, who I assume would have been preparing for married life, would have been anticipating what that would look like, would have had a picture of what marriage looks like, was suddenly given this painful curveball. All Joseph's expectation has been thrown out the window. See, it's probably a risky thing to have too many expectations of what marriage is going to look like when you're engaged. But Joseph's expectations of marriage was completely destroyed as he assumes that Mary had been with another man and got herself pregnant. What Joseph did next, he, there was no question that he was going to divorce Mary. There was no question about that, but the only thing he had to decide was how he went about doing that. Whether he would do it quietly for Mary's sake or make a bit more of a thing about it and make him less of a... Uh, less, have less shame on himself and his community. And as we read, Joseph decides he's going to divorce Mary quietly. Suddenly, Joseph's expectations have changed. He now has new expectations, expectations of getting divorced to Mary. And you'd imagine that, Mary, uh, that Joseph would have been grieving this change in expectations. Yes, he was probably very hurt by what Mary had seemingly done, The change in what his future now looks like, I imagine he would have been grieving as well. He would have been grieving this new future without Mary, this new future divorced to Mary. I could only imagine that he felt let down, that he felt guarded, that he felt cautious, that he felt scared for the future. But as we keep reading this passage, we see of the next bombshell moment, a next moment where all his expectations change again. In a dream, an angel appears to Joseph and says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save people from their sins. I want us to place ourselves right now in Joseph's shoes. Emotionally he's been through a lot. His expectations for the future has been all over the place and then he has this dream. This dream where this is said to him by the angel of the Lord. And now I'm not saying this isn't amazing news for Joseph but I imagine he had so many questions. Firstly, about what the angel said. What do you mean conceived by the Holy Spirit? What does that even mean? And what do you mean he'll save people from their sins? But he would have also had questions of doubt. Was that definitely from God? I just want to make sure that was definitely from God. This isn't just an emotional response, right? This isn't just a dream that's come out of an emotional response. And then will come the realisation. How on earth am I going to explain this to anyone? No one's going to believe me when I tell them, oh no, don't worry, I didn't have sex with Mary. It's just that the baby was conceived by the Holy Spirit. I wonder how long it took for Joseph for the magnitude of this all to sink in. I wonder if it ever really sunk in. I imagine Joseph lying in bed at night and having a sudden thought that keeps him up. He will save people from their sins, conceived by the Holy Spirit. I wonder what Joseph's expectations were then. What he thought the birth of Jesus would look like. Will he look like a human or will he be like this like angel human thing? What's he going to be like? Am I going to have any authority over him as a baby? Or is he just going to come out and suddenly have authority over me? And I wonder if he felt a bit of pressure. Pressure that Jesus would have a birth worthy of what he's been told. That Jesus would have a birth worthy of being someone that's going to save people from their sins. I wonder if he was thinking he needs to be in the best conditions possible when he's birthed. He needs to be in the best accommodation. He needs to be looked after like a king. And then as we fast forward, I wonder if he felt like he let God down when the only place for this boy to be born was in a stable surrounded by animals and poo. He had his expectations of what Jesus' birth would look like, but then the reality wasn't quite as he thought. For the Jews who were looking for a Messiah, there were these expectations. Expectations of a warrior, an image of an uh, an army hero, of someone who would instantly exude power and majesty. Yet, in the midst of Joseph's ever changing expectations, in the midst of Joseph's chaotic life, in the midst of his emotional roller coaster comes Jesus. Jesus, who did not come ready for a physical battle, but came as a baby in a stable. And I believe that Jesus was born in these conditions against expectations for a reason. Jesus born in a stable, yet in the midst of a not so stable family life. Born in the middle of an emotional roller coaster that was refusing to settle. And for me, that reason is explained in these couple verses next in this passage, verse 22 and 23. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means. God with us. See the expectation of Jesus was that he would be this warrior and leader and he was those things but he was so much more. See through Jesus' birth, life, death and resurrection we know that one day we'll be able to live with him in a world without chaos, without false hope, without expectation, without the pain of feeling let down, without not wanting to expect too much because we're afraid of what's to come. But in the meantime, before Jesus comes back, we have a hope today. Jesus' unexpected birth story is a metaphor, showing the world that he really is God with us. If there was ever a picture of God's longing to be with you in relationship with you, it was this, the showing that. God is unwilling to be distant. He is unwilling to watch the world go by as it goes into chaos. Instead, he's the God that enters into chaos with you. That joins you in the trenches. And there's an unmatched humility and love in Jesus laying aside his glory and being born as a crying, burping, pooing, sicky baby in order that he could join you in your suffering. God with us means God is on our side and he is willing to get messy to fight alongside us and to look after us. So if you're worried about what the future holds, if you're worried about whether you will have a Christmas this year, or if you feel like everything is just a bit too chaotic, if you feel scared about the future, then look to the Christmas story, because in the Christmas story, in the chaos comes Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. God with us means that even in the midst of uncertainty, we have a certain hope. And you may be feeling a bit like me this morning, a bit like you don't want to expect too much for this Christmas. You may be feeling let down as reality has looked so different from your expectations over the last couple of years. Let me give you some hope this morning. God with us may not give us a certainty of near, future, uh, of near future or assurances of our expectations for this Christmas. But God with us gives us a certainty and assurance that whatever the future holds, whatever this Christmas holds, whatever next year holds, we will be okay. Because we follow a God that comes into the chaos to join us in our suffering shall we stand thanks for listening if you would like to contact us about this talk to hear more or find out about Riverside Church Whitstable then visit our website at riversideuk.org also you can contact us through our Facebook page or tweet us at Whit riverside.